Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection now 65% off. Plus, Macy Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Everyone, new episode, new week. Thank you for downloading the Retro Gamers. Uh, or if you subscribe, it should automatically be downloading. Hit that subscribe button. Larry here. And Anthony here. What's going on, Ant? In sunny California, IA. Yes, uh, I am in sunny California, enjoying the beauty of Mother Nature that is uh, my backyard. <laughs> yeah, the last, last couple weeks, Anthony uh, on Skype is uh, Skyping from his backyard, so I uh, make me quite jealous because in this basement apartment I live in, I have no such thing as a backyard. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very surprised with the amount of light you get in there from that tiny little window. Honestly, you. It's, this is the only window. The other window's in my bedroom, and that's constantly closed because that's level with the ground, and I don't need some cat peeing on me in the middle of the night. Yeah, I know you're basically one step away from being a hobbit. Really? I oh, please. I have been in I I've been in basements since I I moved in my parents' basement, then I moved into the the famous uh basement <laughs> the, apartment we lived in. The, the the famous East 12th Street basement yeah. that we all lived in. We all yeah, me and Ann didn't live in it together, but there were segments of people. Uh and then I'm here. So eventually I'll live above ground, so. <laughs> uh I, yeah, I won't hold my breath one day. <laughs> and uh joining us But you might have to. <laughs> I do, please. The amount of times it's been flooded down here, forget about it. And our guest this week, he's back. We're back with a crossover episode, and uh, we have Josh from Victims and Villains. What's going on, Josh? So I'm not going to lie. I was waiting for that intro, but it was so hard not to jump into that conversation. So. <laughs> I saw you. I know was when, when Anthony made a comment about Hobbits, I saw Josh like, oh, I want to say something, but I don't want to uh, I don't want to ruin the flow. I, I know, Josh. I make it too enticing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening, Josh? How you been? Uh, nothing too much. I'm actually that like uh, that whole little shelving unit you got back there of toys. I actually am starting my own collection over oh, yeah? to the left of our studio sweet yep i got so. the uh, i got the pop vinyls there i got a couple dvds mostly pop vinyls some amiibo yeah i don't have i don't have a i don't have a toy collection per se but i do have uh an ever-growing uh video game shelf there so. you go hey they are called action figures so. yes and with your retro gaming works just as better than the, than the mess that i have by my television yeah, actually, that's really cool. Unfortunately, uh, I am already out of a room. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, when 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 twelve systems very quickly grows to fourteen to sixteen to now eighteen <laughs> systems. And, kind of, it's kind of hard to find places for them all. And Josh, hopefully, your studio the the construction has just begun on where you can put all these uh, figures and probably comics and anything that you're collecting. Yeah, all these boxes back here are like comics, and then. This top one right here, we have a project we're working on for live events. Um, 
got some Comic Con posters. Uh, got a Black Alpha poster from a, comp, um, a review we did a couple of weeks back. Nice. And then I got some whole bunch of other things over on the other end, but sound equipment. So yeah. Yeah, it's it sounds quick. like we sounds like we should do a separate episode just discussing our nerd dens, <laughs> nerd cribs. Let's do it, nerd well, cribs. Well, th- th- you would have the crypt since you're underground. Well, C R I B. Oh, I, th- I heard I heard crypt, and you know what? I like that better. <laughs> See, I, I'm sure the crypt keeper isn't down here somewhere. I don't know. I bet if you look hard, hiding in that AC unit. <laughs> yeah, I said he's probably hiding in that AC unit. <laughs> But um, so, John, um, tell uh, the retro gamers who may be unfamiliar with Victims and Villains, let us know a little bit about your show, great show, and the great message that you have behind it. Cool. Uh, so we are a uh, we are suicide prevention nerd news podcast, and we talk all about things as far as uh, pop culture, whether it's film, comics. Uh, try to put a little bit of uh, spotlight on independent culture, whether it be film movies music so on and so forth and uh we do all that uh to kind of draw people in but the heart of our show is to let people know about hope and that there is hope out there um in many different formats we all see things differently but the end goal is to stop suicide um to let people know that those are struggling with suicide addiction self injury or uh depression that there is hope and that there is a way out of of those states so that's the reason why we exist and we're actually getting ready to launch some uh pretty special projects here in june so pretty excited about that it's going to be expanding upon the uh whole suicide prevention aspect of what we do awesome good stuff and uh great that's fantastic yeah honestly and of course we'll we'll put the links down below uh in, in the description down below there's no down below in the description of the podcast and oh, thanks, um guys. no problem. down below is where you dwell what <laughs> Very, yeah, it's true. Very true, and um, and we'll definitely get that message out there. So uh, this week, and you know, last time Josh, we had you on the show, we uh, started talking about the Video Game Hall of Fame, uh, the 2017 Video Game Hall of Fame. Uh, some uh, timing issues. We couldn't get you on last week when we were talking about the Hall of Fame, but we still want your ideas, your opinions, because we first talked about this with you. Uh, four new games are in the Video Game Hall of Fame, and um, kind of get your thoughts, your ideas on it. And, uh, Ant, do you remember uh, which four they were? <laughs> um, let's see. We had uh, Donkey Kong, yep. uh, Street Fighter 2, which was uh, our retro spotlight last week also, mm-hmm. since it was in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we had Pokemon Red and Green, and we had one more that's escaping me. Halo. Halo. Halo Combat Evolved. That was, so, uh, that was the yeah. fourth one. <laughs> so let's get your thoughts. We'll kind of take it one game at a time here. Um, let's start with Halo. Josh, you th- have you ever played Halo? Your thoughts on it, it entering into the Hall of Fame? I, I played it when it first came out. Uh, I did not have an Xbox growing up, but I had a whole bunch of friends that did, and we would just kind of spend Friday nights playing it. Um, but I still think it's like it's too – like even after listening to the, the latest episode last night – from you guys, I still think it's too young to kind of get in. Um, I know Anthony had kind of made the comment, well, it kind of like launched and kind of really launched the relaunched. Uh, um, I don't even remember if you said it was Microsoft or kind of the, the genre that was uh, on. Well, online gaming, I think is what you said. 
And first-person yep. shooters, right? Uh, yeah, first-person shooters, I think, also. Um, I mean, GoldenEye, I think, in uh, on N64, I think uh, most people point to um, as really starting that revolution before, um, you know, because you had Doom and Wolfenstein on PC, but it wasn't really prevalent on console. So then you got GoldenEye on N64, I think, where everybody started taking notice, and then Halo comes out and blows it away. And Josh, just to... One thing I wanted to touch on that you mentioned when you were talking about you said you said the uh, the term you didn't have an Xbox growing up uh, and I <laughs> I just I just have to chuckle a little bit because while you were growing up not having an Xbox I was already in my own apartment buying an Xbox <laughs> I was and I was right behind Anthony in college I think when I got the first Xbox That's because I'm old <laughs> you and me both man. don't worry Josh he's gonna do this us I think through this episode when we're talking about the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, I'm just gonna slowly sit here and like pluck out my gray hair as he keeps talking <laughs> about his. Josh talks about his eternal youth. <laughs> so. I'm not eternal, <laughs> not yet at least. But, but um, all right. So I mean, but a Halo fan, and and I, did you play a lot? Like even like, whether you at friends' house, anything like that? Like a lot of the online play and stuff with with Halo. Uh, no, we we normally just played like Local. back and forth with each okay. other. Um, I'm still kind of shocked that we still have all the video game franchises that exist that there is no movie for this thing yet. There were talks about it. Funny they, you should talk about that too because um, I believe the license went to 20th Century Fox because um, when I was working there um, <laughs> several years ago, um, I happened to stumble across several binders that were uh, Halo related. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, you remember when? Um, remember when um, they were producing Halo toys? I'm sorry, action figures. <laughs> um, when, when they were producing like you know Halo merchandise that you can buy in stores and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was supplements of Fox Consumer Products because they had the license. Really? So, so uh, yeah. Wow. Here's something I'm not sure. What we almost got it, and Peter Jackson was signed on to produce it, and Neil Blockham had actually was the director. And instead of doing that, we actually they scrapped the project, took the remains, like the skeleton shape of it, and actually gave us District Nine. Oh, so that is the reason why we have District Nine and still waiting. For on which I'm District very grateful. <laughs> yes. I mean, District 9 is is a very underappreciated, truly great sci-fi film. Um, There's nothing else out there that's really been made like it since. And, well, of decent quality, I will say. Um, But I I still think that we still need a Halo movie. I think that that could break the video game curse. Just in in my opinion. I I think we have an opportunity now, like to get that, and I think the reason why Halo never wound up becoming a movie is because of what you just said—the video game curse. So many um, studios are afraid to go into that video game genre because they very rarely succeed. True. I I think I think they go in very hesitantly because I mean we're getting a a Tomb Raider uh, reboot next year um, from MGM. We're getting a Mortal Kombat reboot here soon. Uh, Uncharted is supposed to be a big, making its way to the big screen, and then there's another. There's supposed to be another one. So there's there's four technically, and I don't. Double Dragon two. <laughs> now who's the boss? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally be down for that. You never saw the Double Dragon movie? 
No. Oh, okay. Well, this okay. is a crossover. This is wait, part wait. one of a two-part crossover. The other half will happen on Victims and Villains, uh, which drops on Friday. And I think we may have just gotten a topic to talk about on Friday. Yeah, all right, yeah jo- Josh, we're giving you homework. <laughs> Double Dragon movie. I got homework the last time we did a crossover. Well, well, well that, that's what happens when you're the youngest one on the show. That's true. That's true. So... Um, uh, all right, yeah. Hey, I'm hoping for. I mean, they got Halo Red and Blue always came out, you know, with the, with the with the shows and stuff. So hopefully, we'll get a Halo movie uh, very very shortly. Um, yeah. Pokemon Red and Green going in the OG uh, Japanese, but I guess the Pokemon in general uh, going in. Uh, no surprise there, really. I mean, if uh, this is this is my thoughts on it, is that if in 2016 when you reintroduce a new version of your game with a twist. And can get people so addicted to it that people literally plummet to their deaths playing your game. Yeah. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. No, I agreed on that. I mean, Pokemon <laughs> Go was was a, a phenomenon unto itself. And, and you know, you're right. I mean, people were not paying attention. Like, the first three days, Pokemon Go, like, everyone was complaining about their feet, their legs, and their knees because none of these people ever went out walking. And they were going around walking all over the place. But some people weren't paying attention yet. People hit by cars. I think you're right. Someone, I think, did well, walk Larry, off a cliff. So, Larry, when you say some people, are you talking about you? No, I didn't play Pokemon Go. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm smarter than that. (laughs) Staying home, but I well, that's debatable. But Um, I did download. (laughs) Kidding, kidding, kidding. When um, when Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, when they re-released the original Pokemon American Red, Blue, and Yellow for the 3DS digital, I downloaded. That was the first time. That was February of last year. That was the first time I ever played a. Pokemon game. I didn't play it originally, so. Um, oh, but originally, yeah. But but Josh, you know, talk about to get back to what you were talking about. Uh, yeah, this phenomenon that the game made, and we touched on it last week as well. You ever play Pokemon game? You probably and don't take the, and I don't mean any disrespect by this, but you're probably more into like, did you watch like the TV shows and the movie and stuff like that? I actually, I had every, I I was all Pokemon. The all way right. that I am now with kind of like nostalgia. Um, and, and like comics, that's the way I was like in growing up in, in Pokemon. I had, uh, it got so bad for Pokemon craze where I lived in Baltimore that they banned Pokemon school, like Pokemon cards from the school. And if you actually brought them wow. in, you, uh, you, and got caught with them, you got suspended. Wow. Wait, and, suspended? Not even detention? No, you got suspended. Oh, like, jeez. <laughs> and... <laughs> What kind of military school were you in? <laughs> Public schools. Enough <laughs> said. Um, and so, I, like, I, I wanted to just – I had, like, the collection. Just been like, yep, let me let me do it. I think I still have a couple, um, but I got rid of most of them. Uh, I got out of it, and I started to get back into it a little bit this year. Um, well, it's, it's funny, too, because, like, we're talking – you know, it's 2017 now. Um, Pokemon Red and Green came out what twenty one, twenty two years ago 96? at least. Or was it... Yeah, yeah, 96. somewhere around there. Yeah. You know, my my friend has a, a six year old who now collects Pokemon cards because she's obsessed with the Pokemon Go game. She just loves looking at the characters. Um, she doesn't know how to play it or anything like that. I'm like, but it just goes to show you. Here we are, you know, over twenty years later. I'm like, and I'm watching a kid. You know, just obsess over Pokemon cards. It's it, it, again. It just shows the power of this whole 
franchise. Yeah, I never would have, like, when they first kind of introduced Pokemon, I was thinking about this, actually listening to the episode that you guys did last week with talking about the McDonald's toys um, and the Sonic. I remember being, like, the first movie had just come out, and Burger King had, like, gotten, they literally did 50, like, toy versions of all, like, the first 50 Pokemon. I think I remember that, yeah. And, like, we had... We had neighbors that were literally that lived like right across the street from us that were literally going to Burger King every day to get these <laughs> toys. As I like, say, that's a lot of Burger King kids' meals. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing about it was is that like that I don't I never would have thought growing up that that would have been something that had longevity. Um, even Power Rangers, I, I never would have thought that some of the things that we I grew up on um, would have would have had longevity, let alone Pokemon. I just I mean, I'm surprised, honestly, that, like, given the digital age we live in, Digimon's not bigger. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're the Kmart Pokemon. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> Digi- Digi- Digimon is like the uh, the GoBots to the Transformers, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah, to which know, you're, you're probably like, what are GoBots? I don't what, know what GoBots are. I, go-bots? I wasn't born yet. <laughs> you honestly don't know what GoBots are? I have no idea. Oh my god! All right, one episode. We may have to like just do like a retro. Oh, homework for Josh. What? <laughs> oh, the GoBots! Oh Senior. my god! Double Dragon. Double Dragon. Double Dragon. The movie. GoBots. Go-bots. We're just Which... gonna make a list as we go on. And Josh, I I actually used to be an English teacher, so I'm I'm allowed to give homework. <laughs> okay. okay. Um... I'm pretty sure that once you walk away from that profession, you can't give homework out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, 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 no, that is not what they told me. And uh, if you keep it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for a ten page term paper. <laughs> yeah, he's serious. It's tough when you have to email it to him. Um, so... I, Larry's had to write many a term paper for me. <laughs> I'd like to read the one on the virtual boy. What? <laughs> I can make a thesis look, you, out of that. See that? Look, I didn't even have to get the dig in. Josh did it for me. Everyone's getting the dig in. You should, I'm gonna wear a T-shirt going around saying. Yeah, see, I don't mention virtual. Larry, boy. Larry couldn't fill more than half a page on the virtual boy anyway, so I would never <laughs> assign that to him. Um, Street Fighter Two is the third of four that made their way into it. Street Fighter Two is one that I don't really remember playing all that much. As a, I remember playing Capcom versus Marvel more. Okay. Um, so like I'm like semi familiar with the characters, but. Given the fact that you are again, like Ant had said last week, about it being kind of like just a, a copycat franchise, like to you have to have real uh, standout. Like there has to be something special about that franchise to make people want to say, "I I want to I want to copy this," and to kind of start off or even to revitalize uh, a, a a genre um, and. He, you know, Anthony, I mentioned last week about how this game was kind of getting people back into the arcades and wanting to kind of relive that nostalgia of what maybe like five, six years prior to that. And so I think that that just really proves its staying power is that if you can start out as a arcade game and still like within what four years of release hit almost hit over two billion dollars like between you know consoles and and arcades i think that that really says something alone and that was just in the 90s i mean we're talking that the 90s you know with inflation that would have been like a four billion dollar industry right now which is insane um and so, not, not only that yeah, but because of the 90s 
without the internet, without that massive like noise of hey, you gotta check out this game. It was really word of mouth if you happen to walk across and you come across, I should say, a Street Fighter Two game. I remember at the beach club out here, Breezy Point Surf Club. Um, I I used to go to. They had arcade games near the cafeteria, but like nothing spectacular. They had Asteroids, um, which by then, and we're talking early nineties. You know, it was all right. It's kind of made its way through. But as soon as they brought in Street Fighter 2, I mean, I remember just overnight the line waiting for kids to get on that arcade machine to play. It was a world of difference. And then they brought in later on, I think they replaced it, Street Fighter 2 with um, uh, Darksiders. It's a, it's a fighting game, but like with oh yeah, I remember that like one. vampires and and um, Frankenstein's monster stuff like that, and it didn't do as well. I mean, it did good, but they wanted we wanted Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two. Yep, and Street Fighter Two was uh, in the video store, a uh, video store around the corner from me, uh, that I eventually wound up working at several years later. But uh, I do remember the popularity of Street Fighter there until uh, they replaced it with Mortal Kombat. There you go, which is another genre breaker. So. Exactly. But, you know, and considering the fact that Mortal Kombat was also nominated for Video Game of the Year, um, it was actually interesting that Street Fighter 2 got selected, but also probably more deserving because without Street Fighter 2, we may not have gotten Mortal Kombat in the form that it was. Don't know. I mean, they could have been, you know, at that time they may have already been developing it, but Street Fighter 2 beat them out the gate. And Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. And, uh, you know, revolutionized the fighting genre. Josh, have you, I mean, Street Fighter 2 had so many spinoffs. I know last week I was calling them sequels, I but they were like spinoffs. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, have you played any of these, whether the Super Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2, uh, well, they got Ultra Street Fighter 2 coming out soon for the Switch. But, like, have you played any incarnation of Street Fighter 2, even the re-releases on uh, Xbox or PS? Or no, I have not. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I remember, like, if I played it, it was probably like vaguely for like either the Genesis or the 64. Fair enough. Uh, if they came on one of those systems, but uh, I I grew up with like Tekken and Mortal Kombat, so those are okay. the two that I. Which again, you wouldn't have those without Street Fighter Two. Correct. Um, and just kind of given the the popularity, because I. It. it yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it, 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 it leaves you speechless. We, we get it. You're, uh, we understand you're getting emotional over it. It's, you know, it's, a, touch, it's a touching moment. And um, finally, of the four, the one that we thought should have been in way beforehand, Donkey Kong. Yes. 
so for our for this crossover on our episode, we are talking about the documentary King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters that I got introduced to last time with these guys. And after watching that and going in even the first like 25 minutes when they're talking about Donkey Kong and the construction of Donkey Kong and how the levels are set up, there's I would dare to say that Donkey Kong needs to needs to do it needs to be on this list simply for the the simplicity and its brilliance. I mean, this is an intelligent game that I didn't even really kind of think it was that intelligent until till this. Not to mention the fact that you have another franchise that spun off of it and a terrible movie. Um, but this thing has also spun off, you know, a couple cartoons from it, uh, probably a couple, I would imagine, even comics from it as well um action figures i mean this thing just this is just a franchise that has been you know again starting out with something as as simple as a donkey or not donkey but a monkey ape throwing barrels at a plumber like that's such a simple concept and yet it's one of the hardest games he was simple and strange (laughs) and but remember he wasn't a plumber he was a carpenter that is true. He was originally he was originally a carpenter. Oh, but <laughs> I'm so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mind mind blown. I mean, yeah, there's bits everywhere. Uh, and, and mark my words, and and I really hope one day one of these podcasts where we're talking about Donkey Kong makes its way to somebody who works at Nintendo. One day, Stanley and Pauline will come out of retirement. <laughs> and get they will right. get out of their trailer park. Yep, <laughs> and they will come out and get revenge. I swear, Mark, that'd be a great horror movie. <laughs> and so, so, Josh, Josh, if you don't remember, Stanley is actually Mario and Luigi's cousin. He was in yeah. Donkey Kong Three, um, and he kind of got forgotten after that game came out because he was basically he basically had an atomizer and was shooting puffs of smoke up of up people, you know, up Donkey, Donkey Kong's, Kong's butt. Okay, so this is my question: Is how old is Donkey Kong Three? What year did it come out? Uh, that what? came out, I believe, somewhere around eighty-six or eighty-seven, most likely. Ish. Yeah, it definitely wasn't okay. the nineties. So eighty-seven, uh, five years. It'll be what thirty-five years old. I'm not good. Yeah. I'm not good at math. Okay, so my, my apologies. The initial release date was 1983, so it is 34 years old. Wow, Donkey Kong 3 is that old? Next year, Nintendo needs <laughs> to do a 35th anniversary and call it Stanley's Revenge. <laughs> that would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was originally released in arcade uh, Halloween. 1983. See, wow. it's all set up for a horror movie. You just need to come. It's a Halloween horror movie on its 35th anniversary. Stanley gets revenge. I'm telling so, you, you're in Hollywood. Make it happen. Except yes, I, I will put the pitch the together. I'm giving myself homework now. I'm going to put a pitch together for Nintendo. <laughs> what, were you, uh, what were you saying? Blow fire, blow fire up there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a weird concept, Donkey Kong Three. Basically, like Stanley worked in. Um, where did he work? Because Donkey Kong would come down, shake bees' uh, hornets' nests. The hornets I believe it would come was a, down. I believe it was a greenhouse. He yeah, in. and that's what it was. And you had to shoot Donkey Kong back up so he would stop shaking, shaking the uh, the wasp. My nest. question is, why why did Donkey Kong feel it necessary to go into a greenhouse? I mean, really, like 
<laughs> like how could Donkey Kong fit into a bigness? <laughs> that, that was the other thing. I think it was wait, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, Stanley is a bug man. Donkey Kong has taken refuge in a greenhouse. Because <laughs> he got tired of falling and, off construction sites and being well, and kidnapped. To, yeah, and you also have to stop you, basically you have to stop him from destroying all the flowers in the greenhouse. That's see, like nice. even by the time you got to there, they didn't even want to bring back Pauline. They were just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let's we'll replace that word flowers. <laughs> To get Done. back with with Donkey Kong himself, um, I think another reason why it deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, not only like what you were saying, Josh, kind of the simplicity of the game and just the what spawned from this mecha arcade cabinet, um, Donkey Kong himself became a star later on. Donkey Kong Country games, he's in, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Mario Kart games and stuff like that. So he's definitely made his mark himself. Super Smash Brothers as well. Yeah, so th- th- this would be the question I got, I got to you guys. Do you guys, do you feel that uh, Mario is now a little bit more iconic than Donkey Kong is? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. With the amount of games Ab- that Mario's been in, not even his own games, but I think he's, between his own games and cameos, I think he's been over like 250 games. Maybe 200 games. Mario has. Dang, he's been yeah. Mario. Mario is by is by far the franchise, uh, the Nintendo like franchise spokesperson. Always, you know, always. I don't think you get you don't get bigger than Mario. No. Um. So with that, and that's 2017. Now, with the Hall of Fame, Video Game Hall of Fame 2018, they are you can actually submit through the Video Game Web uh, Hall of Fame website um, candidates that you feel may be worthwhile to make it into 2018's Hall of Fame. Uh, Josh, let me ask you: Do you have any games in mind you think is deserving to maybe make it in next year? Let me ask you this: All right, is it possible for you to read me all the games that are currently in there? You know what? Why not? I happen to have the website up, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to say something that's already in there. No, you're right, because I was going to, and it's already there. So here's what's. But uh, why that al- that allows me the opportunity to make fun of you? 1916. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't 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 deprive me of said I'm, privilege. I'm prepped. I prepped. So here's what's in there. 16 games are currently in the uh, 2000, well, actually, in the Video Game Hall of Fame. And here, there you go. Uh, Donkey Kong, Doom, Grand Theft Auto 3, Halo, Combat Evolved, The Legend of Zelda, (laughs) The Oregon Trail, (laughs) Uh, Pac-Man, Pokemon Red and Green, Pong, The Simpsons, Sonic the Hedgehog. This is one I thought I was going to say, but it's already in there. Space Invaders, uh, Street Fighter II, Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, and World of Warcraft. I would probably say first game that comes to mind would be one of the, one of the, well, two of the nominees from this year would be, uh, um, just lost it. Three of them. Okay. Three of them. Got it. Uh, first off, I think that uh, Mist would probably okay, be a good yes. candidate for it. Um, Resident Evil and Tomb Raider, um, okay. just because of what uh, they've done for their respective genres and and moving you know forward. Um, next, I would probably say uh, Kirby. I think is is also kind of a shock. Ah, uh, Kirby, yes, yeah, on my list. There. Yep. Um. So, I mean, those are those are probably the and maybe even the the Sims. I think was kind of the well, first. Sims is already in there, yeah. Uh, Sims, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> See, Josh, even even when we list them out for you, man. <laughs> 
And uh, and those are all really good games, Josh, that you talked about. Even with Kirby, Kirby's on my list. And remember, you know, there's four criteria, and the, all the games you mentioned hit all these criteria: icon status, longevity, geographical reach, and influence. And these games that you mentioned definitely had all of those. Uh, Ant, any games that you can think of, maybe um, that deserves to be in there? Maybe ones that haven't been nominated yet. Well, first one off the top of my head, without question, is Galactic Pinball from the Virtual Boy. <laughs> oh, darn. I was going to say Waterworld. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. See? At least, at least we're on the same page here. <laughs> How dare you. Um, well, you know, it just happens, doesn't it? Um, I've got to uh, well, if I, thinking about it now, and I'm, I'm going through the list, of course, just to make sure that... It's not in there, but the first game that popped uh, that popped in my head was Asteroids. Yes, yes. Uh, nice. Asteroids, by far and away, was probably one of the most addicting games I remember playing because I remember my entire family fighting over that game on the Atari <laughs> when we used to have it. It was like you know, my dad would come home from work and immediately everybody step away. I go, it's dad's turn to play. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So I feel like Asteroids was uh, is definitely a game that uh, deserves it. Um, also, Adventure, which okay. people credit for being kind of like that first action adventure, almost a little RPG-ish, um, but more, you know, the first event, the actual first action adventure game for a console. Going all the way back to Atari, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, not to not to go back to back on Atari games, but um, uh, also um, Adventure is um, also famously known for having the very first Easter egg in video games. <laughs> yep. The uh, programmer's so, name is in the game somewhere. Yeah, if you unlock, if you do a certain set of criteria, you unlock a hidden room where the uh, where the uh, creator of the game listed his name because back then they didn't get credits in video games, <laughs> so he hid his name in the game. <laughs> so those are t- those are two right off the top of my head that I think definitely deserve nomination and inclusion very good list um you know with my list kirby josh you you, you nailed that one on the head kirby definitely um metroid yes i mean Uh, yes the amount of games the gameplay that metroid presented with that open world basically um and this i I don't know turtles tmnt i mean that original game on the nes first one the turtles game on the nes yeah um, really started this series of games. I know a couple of them, and they're arcade. Um, like the Turtles in Time game is a phenomenal game, both in the arcade and on the Super Nintendo. The original Turtles arcade game was a four-player juggernaut in the, in the oh, arcade. Okay. You, I, think you, I think you're talking about the second Turtles game, though, not the no, first one. No, no, one. no. I'm talking, like, I say put the first Turtles game in, but what that did, like longevity... And and it's ah. like I'm kind of almost basing it on the criteria, uh, geographical reach, you know, and and the the fact that Turtles was already a brand that was brought into this video game world, and for it to be so successful, um, even just as a brand, you know, I think I think that would probably find its way in. I can understand that, but I don't. Uh, I have a feeling if any of them would get in, it would be the second one because I feel like the first one, uh, gameplay wise, wasn't very well received. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason why um, the Turtles have become such a successful franchise is because of the second game, which was the arcade game okay. that eventually was ported over to console. So I agree with you. Turtles should probably make its way in there eventually, oh, but like I think it'll one? be more for it'll be more for the second one, which okay. started that 
style of gameplay. And uh, finally, I think Dr. Mario should be in there. That type of gameplay. Ooh. You know, it took it took a lot from Tetris with the idea of a dropping piece, um, but then how you had to line up the pieces. You only had two colors at a time, mm-hmm. uh, getting rid of all the viruses. I, I think uh, Dr. Mario definitely deserves to be in there as well. And Golden Axe actually just popped in my head. A game like Gold, you know, we're always talking about Nintendo. Golden Axe on, on, on Genesis, on Sega, was, was I think, kind of a, like that beat-em-up game changer as well. Different characters, the storyline, the graphics. I could definitely see... Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the thing with Golden Axe is that um, there are a lot of similar games to it. The question is, you know, how... Is, was it as monumental as... You know, was it monumental enough that it set itself above everybody else? And I'm not sure about that. I mean, I love that game. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love that game. Um, so you could be right. Just not sure. Fair enough. Josh, so what, Josh, any, Josh, anything from the 2000s when you were, you know, slowly, <laughs> slowly closing your way into adulthood? Uh, probably Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Yep. Love another, that game. Another game. Uh, that I could just that's just kind of coming off of uh, my head right now. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 is already in there. Mm-hmm. This is another one I played a lot growing up. Halo is already in there. Um, but my question for you guys would be, all right, so what are the rules at, like of criteria again? It's icon status, longevity. Uh, icon status, longevity, geographical reach. The game meets the above criteria across international boundaries. Okay. And influence, and I'm reading this right from the World Video Game Hall of Fame dot org website. Uh, influence: the game has exerted significant influence on the design and development of other games, on other forms of entertainment, or on popular culture and society in general. A game may be inducted on the basis of this cri- criterion without necessarily having met all the first three. So, a game could go in just on strictly influence. So, because I, I was going to say, like, I know that there are, like, there's two games that I can think of right off the top of my head that are not good, but they're so bad that they now have kind of gained infamy. Okay. Uh, would you guys ever want to see, would you guys ever think that something like that would be possible to enter into? Maybe the video game Hall of Shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends on the game. Do you have, do you have games yeah. in mind? E.T., Okay. Uh, oh yeah, no. Superman sixty four. Ooh, no. I'm gonna Ooh. say no to Superman sixty four. I mean, that's got a special place in like, you know, craptastic. Uh, yeah, those, those are those are two surefire retro rejects right there. I, you know, I, no, I'll put my bid in for ET. I would say ET has this cultural phenomenon, especially with what a million of them being buried in the New Mexico desert. Well. Here's the very simple reason why I don't think that'll wind up in the Hall of Fame. It almost killed the entire video game industry. I don't think you want a game like that put in the <laughs> Hall of Fame that has that distinction. Why Why is this one so popular? Well, it almost killed the whole industry. But, oh. but, <laughs> but, it's, but it, it has since, sorry, it, is, it has since been, like, it's gained almost a cult following behind it now. And uh, I just... I don't know. Like, there are certain films out there that I would never, like, say are good. But because they have a cult status behind it, they kind of are considered good by cultural standpoints. Well, no, you have a, you have a point there. I just uh, – I will argue that I doubt that will ever wind up in there. Maybe maybe in the uh, – maybe in the – maybe in a special wing. 
um, <laughs> you know, for stuff like that. Right? I yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you've got you've got the you've got the virtual boy wing, and you know, you put ET in there, and they can all hang out together and cry over how they you know destroyed things. <laughs> I don't know. I can. I can see ET. Superman 64, no. I think people are trying to throw those away as quickly as possible. But I wouldn't be shocked if ET made it. So. And another game that I would like, I'm not saying like now, but I'm, I'm saying like years, like maybe like 10, 15 years, I think that another good game that's of recent memory that kind of really went back to making comic book video games good would be either Batman Arkham Asylum or Arkham yep. City. I think that those I, things okay. were game changers for Batman. I could see Arkham Asylum down the line getting in there for yeah for the reasons you just said. I mean, uh, absolutely amazing and com- totally revitalized um, not only that franchise but those type of games. Yeah, superhero games for sure. Totally, totally agreed on that. So that's uh, so that's our our thoughts on candidates. If you have ideas on candidates for the 2018 World Video Game Hall of Fame, uh, you know, well, a go to the website and put it in. But let us know on the Retro Gamers uh, Facebook page. Give us your thoughts, your ideas on what you think belongs in the Hall of Fame. Virtual Boy nominees not allowed. <laughs> I actually, Speak- yeah. Uh, while we're on the Virtual Boy. I want to I want to get your guys' opinion on this real fast. It sucks. Um, <laughs> dare you. I was listening I was listening to this podcast the other day and they were talking about the Virtual Boy. And uh, there's two things that I want to ask. Is it true that the Virtual Boy had a warning that popped up right before you could not play it more than 20 minutes because it would cause permanent eye damage? You shouldn't you shouldn't play for more than 15 minutes, I think it was. And not only that, it had an auto-pause feature. So after 15 minutes, it would automatically pause the game for you so you can back up and absorb normal light back into your retinas. <laughs> and people wonder why this system wasn't successful. <laughs> so, yes, it did have an auto-pause feature. And, oh, oh that warning was at the beginning of every game that turned on. I, actually, I don't even think you had to have a game in it. I think you just boot up the system and it had the warning. So that is true. And my second question would be, they, the guys were talking about kind of how, like, the Virtual Boy back in those days was trying to get virtual reality and didn't really get it. But they were kind of talking about where virtual reality could be in five to ten years. And I want to get your guys' opinions on this. Do you think that virtual reality, if it's done correctly, like you're all immersive, that it could bring back the age of the arcade? Yes. I'm going to say right off Um, the bat, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so too. I mean, virtual reality now is making such, uh, they're, they're starting to slowly spread out where it's like now you can ride roller coasters with VR headsets on, which I find very strange. Um, but, uh, I think VR is starting to really permeate and I, um, yeah, I really do think like the next wave of arcades that could be super successful will involve two people standing there with headsets on trying to beat the crap out of each other. Well, the way that they were describing it is you you would pretty much – it would be like almost like a photo booth. Like you would have it up against the wall mm. and then you'd put your quarter in outside and you would close the door behind you. And it would almost be like – I think the best way I could describe it would be something like if you guys know X-Men, it would be like the danger room stepping yep. into that. And because the way that virtual reality is now is that, yes, you can have like a headset and it's pretty much – 
Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply much like an up-to-date version of the virtual boy um and then you have the the connect as well or the Wii, but they're kind of not really together so the way that they were kind of making it sound would be like you would you'd walk into a room put your quarter outside and it would just it would submerse you in this world of the video game um i i'm yes you know it all if i may on a truce on the virtual boy for just a moment no if such thing. If they didn't call it, <laughs> if they didn't call it the Virtual Boy, like if they would have called it like the 3D Boy or something, because the Virtual Boy really wasn't virtual. Like, you know, it was stationary, and the games were more 3D. The 3D aspect of it, all joking aside, was amazing for the time. Um, if you were if able you to see it, see, yes. If, if you were able to see it, but that's I, even I, to today. I could not see it at all. Ten percent of the population cannot see 3D, even if you go to a 3D movie, and Anthony's one of them. He cannot see 3D. So, well, no, I can't. I can't see 3D in the theater. I just cannot see 3D on. Well, a maybe on that movie. because of the red, and, and and that's probably why because be. of the single color. But it wasn't really virtual reality. None of the games were really like that, except for maybe I think the boxing game. But to to get on your point, Josh. Now the, the PlayStation VR, um, the the Oculus Rift, well that fell apart. Um, the uh, the Google, the Google VR, um, you know, virtual, re- legit virtual reality where you put the headset on, you have a couple controllers, and you just turn. You don't really walk. You turn. It's already here, and I think that's going to be the next evolution. They tried doing 3D, uh, that didn't work out, even with televisions. But I think the virtual reality. Is going to take off, and as far as arcades, I remember the very first VR game I played was Virtual Reality Pac-Man. Oh, where yeah, I remember you telling me about this. You were Pac-Man. You were in the mains, and the walls were as high. you couldn't see over the top of the walls because the wall it looked like you were in like Tron almost. And you're just walking around, you turn a corner, and wham, there's a ghost right in right in your face, and it was freaky. And this was like the early 2000s. So um, I think now moving forward, VR. Is gonna even cardboard. I have a cardboard um, virtual real virtual headset that I just stick the iPhone in. It's I got it free from The Simpsons, and um, you know even that just that virtual reality. Yes. So bottom line, yes. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm gonna ramble. <laughs> okay. I was. You're gonna ramble. Yeah. <laughs> so I already was. <laughs> too little, too late. Virtual so. boy sucks. <laughs> so yeah, VR will be the way to go, but. Virtual Boy was part of a, you know, it was a handheld. Technically, it was a handheld system. And, Josh, we were talking a couple of days ago. You were reading, what, a comic book, and you saw an advertisement for Game Gear? Yes. I, I, like, I, I remember 
like vaguely hearing <laughs> it, but I didn't like actually know what it was. Okay. So, so that's why uh, I went. That, that, that was Larry's attempt at a segue, by the way. That, <laughs> it's, it's getting better. Getting well, better. No, no, no. That was absolutely terrible. Don't worry. It, pretty soon, I'm going to solve the problem altogether. But, <laughs> no, um, d- no. Don't take this. Don't take this away from me. I well, love your horrible segues. <laughs> the um, you know, the Game Gear was. I guess it's going to be a new segment on uh, you know, uh, what we're going to teach Josh because he's, he's unaware of of, of the, the. We're going to call. We're going to call it Josh Learns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the Game Gear was Sega's answer to Nintendo's Game Boy. Bottom line, it was a handheld system. It was in color, which is different than the Virtual Boy, which was not even in black and white. It was in shades of green. Was it shades of green? No, it was never. No, it, was... Pu- no, it wasn't pure black and white. It was shades of green. The okay. original Game Boy. Oh no, you are you are right. You are right. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying the Game Gear. I'm like, no, Game Gear was full color. <laughs> yeah, the Game Boy. Yeah, Game Gear was full color. Was Game Gear backlit? I don't remember if it was backlit. I don't think it was backlit. Uh, I'm not sure if it was backlit. No, uh, but it was. Still I don't think. I don't think it was full color. Um, and it kind of tried to uh, recreate the graphics of almost... They tried to do, like, the Genesis. Um, some of the games looked good, but they still looked handheld. Uh, but they looked better graphically than the Game Boy. Yeah, and you were also able to... There was also an attachment, I think, that you were able to, like, um, either play it on your Genesis or put it on your TV. No, you can uh, get the TV on the Game Gear. So you, here, back in the day, I, Josh, we used to have portable televisions with a very long antenna on top of it. I remember that. That you can I bring took them all the time when I when I went camping. <laughs> exactly. So you had that type of attachment to turn the Game Gear itself into, into a portable a television, and that's like the reason. I remember that's the reason why I bought it. And I never got the attachment. Unfortunately, it was way too expensive. Yeah, and uh, I remember getting it later down the line because um if you don't know this josh already i've said this before on multiple occasions on the on the on the podcast that uh, i was never a fan of handheld because i couldn't i couldn't handle the fact that the screen was so small um i don't know what it was it was just very uncomfortable on my eyes or i just i just couldn't fathom playing on screens that small of course now we all have phones and we do it but um back then back then i couldn't uh, i didn't have a game boy didn't have a game gear and then eventually one day um, I went to a store called Funko Land, uh, and yes. Fun- Funko Land was a series of stores, basically, that would buy, sell, and trade used games. So basically, what GameStop does now. Um, and uh, I had I saw that they had um, two X Men games on the Game Gear I had never played, and I was a huge X Men fan. So I bought the Game Gear specifically so I could play the two X Men games that were on it. Um, and I actually like was really surprised with how much I enjoyed uh, the Game Gear for the short period of time that I did have one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm seeing it now. Sorry, I didn't a, mean to cut you off. No, no, I, no. I googled it because I wanted to see what comes first. Because the way that you're describing the Game Gear is, it almost sounds like a Game Boy Color, but Game Boy Color wasn't out till like '97, '98, according to correct. Google. And yep. the Game Gear is actually '91. Uh, um, in America is 90 in Japan. Um, yep. but I'm actually looking at this right now. Like they still sell them. And years. Yes. Wouldn't be surprised if they still style them in Japan. They're, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me know next time you go to Japan. <laughs> oh, it's not, oh, sounds like Josh, Josh, are you giving me homework? Young man. <laughs> 
Hey, I mean, if Larry's allowed to give you a list, I feel well, like I feel like we're 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 friends now that I I could ask for stuff like he's that. He's my video game mule. All right, he's he's just dragging you know these things. You know what? Look, I'm just I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put my hand up and cover Larry on my screen. And uh, I'm going to tell you, Josh, absolutely. You send me any list you want. I will happily go and get it for you. Larry, you're out. But uh, so, side, so, quick, real quick, side note. Speaking of importing games, did you see the whole uh, the, the, um, the crackdown that they had? Some guy was importing uh, old like Famicom – oh, no, old uh, Nintendo games and stuff. But he was smuggling in, like, spiders, like, I guess, to sell. Like? Yeah, like exotic spiders to sell. But he – Popped them in the middle of Nintendo cartridges. There's a which I refuse to watch because my arachnophobia is off the roof. But there's a video you watching like the like the police open up the contraband, pop open these cartridges, and all these spiders are coming out. Oh my oh, god! Man. What a waste of Nintendo cartridges. This is, <laughs> this is terrible. But um, I'm gonna leave. Can I that. get the cartridges? I'm gonna leave that top. Do they still work? The um, I don't know. I don't know if they were purely gutted or or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, no. Such the, game, a shame. the Game Gear. You know, the way it was held, it was sideways, I suppose, that vertical feel of the Game Boy, uh, with it being in color. Some great games yeah. for it. Um, you know, Shining in the Darkness. Um, not just Shining in the Darkness. Which it was, was a Shining Force game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Shining in the Darkness, yeah. No, no, no. Shining in the Darkness yeah. was the first person, it was a first person style labyrinth yeah. game that was the prequel to Shining Force, which is my one of my favorite RPGs of all time. And then they did release a Shining Force on, on the Game Gear that we're traditional with, uh, the top-down version. Uh, Batman Returns, I remember I had for it. I had uh, the Sonic games. They weren't ports. They were all new Sonic games yep. on awesome. the Game Gear. Some of the best out there. And in fact, if anyone owns a, a, a 3DS or, or a Nintendo DS, on the virtual console, on the Nintendo eShop, you can download Game Gear games on the 3DS. In fact, I have the Shining Force game on downloaded on the 3DS. Very nice. How, how are you doing in it? About as I'm, good as Castlevania 2? Well, I'm not broken. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably still playing that one. What? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I have a feeling he'll be playing that one until the end of time. <laughs> so, uh, and then, you know, other, you know, TurboGrafx came out with the TurboGrafx Express. Yep. So, uh, the Lynx, not, no, Lynx came out later. Well, it's and, it's, and it's funny you should keep bringing up all these different handheld systems, Larry, because I decided, since I knew we were going to be talking about handhelds, because Josh had questions about the Game Gear, that I decided to do a retro spotlight this week on a handheld system. Hey, well, on a whole, this is our first uh, spotlight on, an entire on a system. Whole handheld console. There you go, Josh. So, look at this. You're making waves and you're causing new things woo! to happen. <laughs> Josh, yeah, yeah, no, I have to say thank you. I, uh, you're, you're helping us break ground, which is really Great. awesome. Here we go on a retro spotlight on the. Here we go on the virtual. What I have, I can tell you dollars of donuts that it's not going to be the virtual boy. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. We're we're talking handheld systems here, so uh, it will sadly not be the virtual boy. Uh, trust me, there will be like we said earlier, there will be a whole like special episode devoted just to the virtual boy. You will be more than welcome to guest on that one. Uh, I know you want to. Um, but for today, our retro spotlight is going to be on something a little bit different. So my question to you gentlemen is without looking it up on Google <laughs> what what because Google has all the answers of course but um what in your mind is the first handheld system ever created Oh I got this one I'm going to give Josh a shot at it Well I don't know it but I have an idea Josh first first handheld handheld console uh, so I'm, I'm the first 
What, First thing what that the hell I can was think that? Of... Don't help me, Larry. <laughs> First thing I can think of would be the original. Uh, would be the original Game Boy, but I know that's wrong because there was something, and it was in the early '80s. Uh, and I want to say it probably has something to do with Atari. Um, okay, I'm gonna Larry? game and, game and watch. Um, you are both absolutely incorrect. Ooh, it was something full <laughs> yes. of game and watch. All right. Yeah, well, uh, let me clar- uh, let me clarify. Also, we're talking about a handheld console. Oh, with game and watch. Inter- game and watch okay. were, sing- were single player games. Yeah, Consoles have cartridges. So, um, so I decided to do a retro spotlight on the very first handheld gaming console that had cartridges. And um, much to my surprise, I actually discovered it was something I wasn't aware of either. So. The Retro Spotlight for this week is on a system called the Microvision, which was the very first handheld video game console that had cartridges. Okay. Let's do so, that. Uh, sounds right, so, super familiar. Yeah, I know. So right? The name sounds very familiar. Everybody listening, Larry, Josh, you know, I want you to take your seats. Class is in session. Teacher's back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yep. <laughs> And 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 there will be a five page essay required after I'm done. So, <laughs> retro Larry, you mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do not want me to do yours now. <laughs> uh, Josh, you want to fail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the Microvision was actually developed by Milton Bradley. Hmm. So, and if you don't know Milton Bradley, um, Milton Bradley Didn't is. He play on the Royals. Famous- Yes, he did. Um, (laughs) The Milton Bradley Company is more famously known for board games. So they've released many a board game, but they decided in the 70s to get involved in the – that is it. So they decided to get involved in the gaming world, and they thought a good idea would be to do a gaming console that could play multiple games. So – they came up with the Microvision. It was released in November 1979. Oh, so we're going yes. back to the 70s. That's and it, it was discontinued a couple of years later in 1981. So it was designed by Jay Smith. Uh, if you don't know who Jay Smith is, he was the engineer who later designed the Vectrex oh. gaming console, wow. which is another retro gaming console that we've brought up several times here on the podcast. Um and the whole idea behind it, again, first handheld system. So the combination of the portability and the cartridge system actually was very successful for them at the time. Uh, Smith Engineering, named after Jay Smith, of course, wound up uh, grossing about $15 million in the first year that wow. the system came out, which you're, now we're talking 1979, 1980. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. And actually, that uh, according to... Uh, the former head of research and development for Smith Engineering, um, he stated that the Microvision was the reason why Nintendo came out with the Game & Watch ultimately because they designed the Game & Watch based off of the limitations of the Microvision because despite the Microvision success, it had a lot of problems. So um, the units and cartridges for the Microvision are actually really, really rare. It only came out with um, 12 cartridges okay uh throughout the whole throughout its two-year run basically um it needed two nine volt batteries to <laughs> operate originally <laughs> two nine volt batteries oh, so man. if you remember the nine volts and um so 
but uh, it was due to the processor that they had, uh, or the uh, the the processor and the cartridges that they had. They eventually were able to make it work with one nine volt battery, but because of the design of the system, it still had that second hole for the second <laughs> nine volt. They couldn't so redesign they, the. <laughs> they didn't redesign it. Instead, what they named it as is they named it as a spare nine volt battery holder. <laughs> so, so you can so you can keep it in there. Genius. Um, so and. Unfortunately for the um, the microvision, um, a lot of them now, if you have one or if you can find one, they're probably pretty damaged if playable, you know, and po- possibly unplayable, because um, they had a lot of little problems. And one of the most well-known problems for the microvision was something called screen rot. <laughs> Ooh, that don't sound good at all. Sounds no, it like doesn't you sound need an ointment well. for that or something. Yeah, so basically what happened was there was very poor sealing and impurities during manufacturing um, on the screens. So what would happen is the liquid crystal in the screens would spontaneously leak and cause the screen to darken. So you would be able to play the games, but you could barely see what you were doing. Oh gosh, terrible. Um, yes. Uh, so there was another issue with the uh, system that involved um, static electricity. So <laughs> this thing's dangerous to hold a two nine volt bat. If you're not licking the batteries, you're going to get electrocuted by just playing the system. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, learning about this makes me really want one now. So uh, basically, <laughs> if you were if you were playing the system and you had removed the protective sliding door that covered the pins up in the system, as you do, um, the processor could be uh, could be. Um, uh, fried by any type of electrical charge, including static electricity from your own body that you don't even feel. So basically, if you had the cover open and you were holding the console with the cover open, you could essentially fry the system without knowing it. And so did this thing like not go through test markets? Are they just like, all right, well, we're going to beat everyone to the system. Send it out. It's the late 70s. Um, probably not. I was just say probably no probably they did not test it or when they were testing it these things just did not ha- happen to come up. Well, think uh, about it because everyone had a shag carpet back in the seventies, but I'm sure it wasn't in the R and D department when they were making this thing. Exactly. Like, oh, what kind of problem could this be? You know, we you know we have linoleum floor. We would never think of these things. Um, so um, and then also on the microvision unit, um, the uh, the the keypad was what you played with. It had like a 12-button keypad, kind of similar. You know, the ColecoVision had mm-hmm. the 12-button keypad. So it had that, and they would have issues with that too because as you would press it, the the um, the cover would expand, and then you would have issues <laughs> pressing the right buttons or the buttons wouldn't work properly. So there were all kinds cow. of problems with this system. But again, we're talking about the very first ever handheld system to ever be released. So there are always going to be you know issues that come out with it. Um Technical technical specs on the microvision, and these are all, I love reading the tech specs because it's amazing to understand how, like how little it took to run a gaming system or a video game back then. Honestly, right? So the, the the screen itself had a resolution of sixteen whole pixels. Oh, all right, now we're playing with power. <laughs> yes, its processor speed was one hundred kilohertz. <laughs> not, even mega, not even megahertz or gigahertz. We're talking about hundred kilohertz. <laughs> Oh. Can't get, you can't, yeah, you can't get smaller than <laughs> that much smaller. Uh, it had 64 bytes of RAM. Wow, not even wow, not even a kilobyte of RAM. 64 bytes of RAM. Good God. Um, yeah, it's uh, so. 
I feel like uh, the human body can produce more bites of RAM <laughs> and more um, uh, hertz Killers. of power. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, apparently, you know, we had more electricity than it too. So, <laughs> um, it had a twelve-button keypad and a paddle. Okay. Um, you know, one of those little paddles that you played with. Okay. And um, the uh, there are a couple of things to note about the system, which is why I thought um, doing a retro spotlight on it was uh, important. Uh, it was released with uh, over the course of two years. It had twelve games on the system. Its launch titles when it first released in '79 were four games. One was called uh, Blockbuster, which was basically a clone of Breakout or Super Breakout, if you know that game, yep. uh, from the Atari. Uh, bowling, Pinball, and Connect Four. <laughs> okay. Now, Four would make sense because Milton Bradley produced Thanks, that yeah. board game. Yeah. Uh, and then the other games that came out with it, just to run down them quickly, and not in any particular order of year because I'm saving two of them specifically, Mindbuster, Vegas Slots, Baseball, Sea Duel, hmm. Alien Raiders, Super Blockbuster, which was only released in Europe in 1982 because by that point it had already been discontinued in the United States. Uh, but Europe had it for a whole extra year, those lucky guys. <laughs> um, and then the two games I wanted to focus on from this system, uh, Star Trek Phaser Strike was Ooh. released in 1979. Um, it was the first... Uh, home console video release for the Star Trek franchise and they had gotten the license for it because they had just released the very first Star Trek motion picture so for the very Star Trek the motion picture um, had a video game uh, on the microvision called Star Trek Phaser Strike now a year later they lost the license to that so they re-released the game as just Phaser Strike (laughs) Uh, um, over in Europe they had changed the name completely to Shooting Star um, in most countries in France, for some odd reason, they got their own name called Canon Phaser. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Because they're French. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, no offense to anybody I know who is French. Um, but you got your own name on the game. Uh, and then um, the most important game, though, to be released on the Microvision was a game called Cosmic Hunter in 1981. Uh, and it's not specifically for the game itself, but Cosmic Hunter introduced the concept of the directional pad on a handheld gaming device. So the crosshair that you see on video games... Yeah. The con- the very first concept to ever be used in a video gaming console was actually on the Microvision wow. in 1981 and it was done on the screen. Oh wow. So, I'm sure it was very unwieldy to use, but yeah. thanks to the Microvision, we have the concept of the standard D-pad that we're all used to seeing on pretty much every handheld uh, every gaming system controller that you know of. So, and then my personal favorite, just to close off on the Microvision, uh, the Microvision was featured in one movie, and uh, that movie was Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. <laughs> if you're not a fan of horror movies, in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, um, one of the ma- one of the ca- one of the characters is a guy in a wheelchair, um, and 
in there's one scene in the movie where he's in the uh, he's sitting in the wheelchair playing a handheld game with a and and with a girl next to him, and that's the system that they're playing. They are playing a microvision. <laughs> when did that movie come out? Uh, nineteen eighty one, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so eighty one or eighty two. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, oh, and just a couple of other things. While I was while I was doing my research on um, the uh, Microvision, uh, I happened to find an ad in the Sears catalog from 1979 or 1980 for the Microvision. It retailed for a grand total of thirty nine dollars and ninety seven cents. Wow. That was that was probably expensive back then, but nowadays the game, it's pretty cheap. Games that were available for purchase came to a whopping fifteen dollars and ninety seven cents. <laughs> Oh, I only wish. So, and I, I, I just sent you guys that image. Uh, so to look at <laughs> Sears. Catalog. Uh, Holy cow. yeah, Sears. This good old Sears catalog. Josh, you remember, remember the what? Sears catalog? <laughs> yeah, yeah <I> do. <laughs> this, uh, this, this system reminds me of the those like little pre-made video games uh, that they came out. I guess like I don't know if they were in the '80s, but I know they were in the '90s. The the ones that Tiger would produce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The little little single player handheld systems. Yeah. Yeah. And they, those those go all the way back to um, the seventies, the late seventies, like when single handheld games were coming out. But this was the first company to actually attempt creating interchangeable handheld console. Yeah, where the cartridges could change because those little ha- handhelds would only play the one game that was installed in it. And they were awesome. And they were awesome. So that is this week's retro spotlight: the Microvision, the first handheld video game console in the history right. of video games. Thank you, Milton Bradley. There you go. Good. Thank you, Milton good Bradley. Stuff. Thank you for your failure. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, cool. Um, so um, we're going to start to wrap things up. Well, we're not going to wrap things up. We're going to temporarily put things on hold because we're going to continue uh, Friday on Victims and Villains with our crossover episode. But, of course, we can't end any retro gamers episode without... This week in gaming, so Anthony's going to continue to carry the load here and see what oh, happened man. this I'm week. Tired. <laughs> this week in gaming, and uh, that, 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 that was a lot on the microvision. <laughs> what, what, what do you want from me? Jeez. And didn't you get that memo that you're supposed to do retro spot right, uh, this week in gaming? This week? No, la- la- Larry just shows up. <laughs> I, I only I only edit the show. <laughs> Goes up and edits the show. I got I got to carry the weight here, Josh. You know, it's just it's such a burden on me. Uh, uh, I also, have I'm also three hours earlier here that I have to deal with this. I have multiple shows I got to deal with. The Pro Slam World Podcast featuring Larry Mormon drops every Friday. Check it out. Oh, gee, cheap plug. Yeah, Thank I you mean, very much. When he's, when he's not playing with his action figures, he's doing the the Pro Slam, <laughs> which probably involves action figures as well. Also playing with action figures. I got two of them. Look, I got two of them. There's one. There's a giant Hulk Hogan right there, and in and an old school eighties. Uh, 80s Hulk Hogan right there. That's the one I used to play with all the time. Seven wrestling rings I went through. Good gosh. Oh, wow. That's okay. another and show. Let, 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 let's, kill the, uh, let's kill that uh, jaunt down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and move into this week in gaming. So feel free, to, feel free to jump in whenever you hear something that sounds interesting to you guys. But uh, this week in gaming, we're going to start back in good old 1982 before Josh was even a thought. Uh, yes! <laughs> And uh, released on DOS, the good old DOS, DOS, uh, DOS operating system, uh, was Othello. Do you remember the game Othello? I love Othello. It's such a 
basic game. Yeah, Othello the board game, Josh. Anything? You look, you look like you're completely lost. <laughs> I mean, I've probably seen it if I saw a picture of it. It's basically it, it's a like a tile game. I guess you have a bunch of tiles, uh, black tiles, white tiles, and what you do is you have to get the most colored tiles of your color on the board. But when you like, like say you, you have like five white tiles, but at the end I put down my two black tiles, all the ones in the middle turn black, so they become your color. It's like you surround them, and that's how the game... The game's been around forever, literally. Yeah, the game's been around for a very long time, and the first video game version of it, uh, to my knowledge, is this one that they've listed here in 1982 on DOS. Yep. Uh, we're going to jump five years down the road to 1987 in Japan. On the Sega Master System, they got Enduro Racer. Hmm. Um, don't know what that is. Uh, but in 1989... Um, on the Famicom in Japan, they got a game called Baseball Stars. Now, I remember Baseball I remember Stars baseball on the stars. NES. Yeah. Yep. It was a really cool game on the NES. Uh, we're going to jump a year later to 1990, uh, which I uh, this was actually very surprising for me. Um, on the Famicom in Japan, I don't know if this was the first version of the game or not, but Pac-Man was released in 1990 on the Famicom. Really? So late? Exactly. I, I would think uh, it would have been released much earlier. Um also on Genesis in Japan, they got a game called DJ Boy. I have no idea what that is. I've but heard of that. I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. Uh, 1992, on the, uh, uh, a game called DOR2 was released in Japan on the PC-98 and the Sharp X-68000. Yes, the official video game of video game system of the retro gamers, the Sharp 68 X-68000. Go find one if you can. <laughs> Josh, Josh, you got it. We didn't even hear about this system until we started doing this show. It's it's basically a home computer. Um, yeah, I, I remember hearing about yeah, it. it was, when I a retro spotlight saw, on it. You should know everything. Yeah. When I finally saw a picture of it, I was like, "That's it." It was so bulky and everything. Eh, oh well. Yep. That's probably why I didn't do that well. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so moving on, we're going to jump to 1994 um, on. DOS again in the United States, we got a game called Alien Legacy uh, on the three and a half inch floppy drive. Oh, nice. Uh, and we also got an arcade version in Japan of Alien vs. Predator. Oh, sweet. But that uh, back in 94, I thought that was kind of early. Yeah. So when did the comic come well, out? Well, that, that film before it actually saw, because it came out 2004, I want to say, it had been in development for. It had been in development for so long. Forever. But that was the I movie. Know. Wasn't there a comic book way before that with the two of them crossing over? Yes, they've 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 done so they've done a Dark lot of Horse, crossovers. Yeah, Dark Horse owns the property to those both of those, I believe. Right. And nineties saw uh Superman versus Aliens and Predator versus Batman. So oh, they've they've I done those. definitely a lot of uh a lot of different crossovers with those two properties, but the film had been in like development for probably probably around the time that that video game had actually come out. Because you said ninety four, right? Yeah, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, so it, I think I think like ninety four, ninety three was when they started actively putting it in development. Okay, <laughs> cool. I still like to think the longest uh, the longest movie ever in development that eventually got made was Freddy vs Jason, but that's my own personal preference. I would I would um, agree with you there. <laughs> yep. Uh, moving on in 94, TurboGrafx-16 
CD in Japan was uh, Wonder Boy in Monster World. Oh, classic, yep. It's very uh, obscure, jump- but classic. It's obscure, but it's a great game. Uh, 1995, Mortal Kombat 2 on the Sega 32X Ooh. in Japan. Okay. Uh, and another game on TurboGrafx CD in Japan, which I brought up because, Larry, I'm sure you'll like it. It's called Wrestle Angels Double Impact. Nice. Sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, 1996 on DOS, uh, we got Warcraft 2, Beyond the Dark Portal. Okay. Um, precursors to the World of Warcraft, I would think. Uh, yeah, those games, the original Warcraft games were really awesome. Exactly. 1997 on the PlayStation, we got Rage Racer, Triple Play 98, and Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom. <laughs> Wing Commander. Um, what, what was the baseball one? Uh, Triple Play '98. Yes, I remember. Which that came one. out in which came out in '97. Because yeah, yeah. if you know anything about those games, they always jump a year. Um, okay. 1998 on the PlayStation, Breath of Fire Three. Ooh, good one. And on the N64, Bust a Move again. <laughs> so many versions of Bust a Move. <laughs> too many. Way too many versions. That's maybe the first version I got. I think was the one on N64. Um, I don't think the I one got... I, the first. The first one I got was Busted Move 2 on PlayStation. Yeah, because I didn't have a PlayStation until much later. Oh, okay. Right. Well, yeah, because th- that was at the time when you were still a Nintendo snob. Well, or maybe I couldn't afford a PlayStation. I was in college. No, no, I, we had many a discussion in our <laughs> teen years on how you, it was Nintendo off, yeah. only and every other system should die. No, I just nothing interested me on the PlayStation. What else happened this week in gaming? <laughs> uh, uh, well, look, see, that, that was, again, a terrible attempt to segue. Josh, <laughs> see? No, that's Larry, just changing the topic. See, Josh? Josh, not yeah. Well, we're not going to change the topic. See, when, back in the '90s, again, probably when you were just you know little bitty person, um, or in, not in existence. Larry and I became friends, and <laughs> we used to have these very very in depth discussions about um, video game systems and how adamant he was about not liking anything outside of Nintendo. It did not matter what it was; it was Nintendo only. Nothing else existed. Um, Name brand loyalty—that's what it's called. Yes, and and I'm you know I'm sure they've rewarded you with said loyalty. I had gotten a free video game because I was a, I was a subscriber to Nintendo Power. Oh, and for and, that, that's a life that's a lifetime loyalty. I would and, say so. Which one? And be, and because he is a lifetime loyalty to Nintendo, he didn't have to call and ask to use a toothbrush. <laughs> that is, you know what? That is a that is a. Very, very good point. Did and, you get your uh, I, 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 I still marvel at the fact that they asked me to do that. <laughs> did you get your Switch back yet? Uh, I did get my Switch back on uh, Thursday. And do you still have your save game? Uh, I have not turned it on yet because I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, when I do turn it on, if my game is not there, you will hear me from Los Angeles. <laughs> well, currently, the, the game is like Schrodinger's cat. It's neither alive nor dead. <laughs> Very true. That is that is that is exactly right. Um, <laughs> that I will have an answer later today. So just you know, just keep a window open today. All right. See if you hear me. Sweet. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on to two thousand uh, on the Game Boy Color. Bomberman Max Blue Champion and Bomberman Max Red Challenger. Okay. So doing games. Uh, Vagrant Story for PlayStation, which was an excellent game. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, and then a game on Windows was released called Poker Girls Video Strip Poker. Hey! I have to go pick that up. Josh, I see the reaction. It's legendary. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I don't even remember it, so... Yeah, I don't well, think what, it was very you, popular were, in, in Toys R Us. Were you, were you, were you like four? <laughs> no, I was born 91, bro. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm so sorry. So we'll exchange four for like nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. It's you know, a five-year difference it counts. Like, Mom, which strip poker? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking away your system. <laughs> um, 2001, uh, Game Boy Color, two very excellent games. Um, Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages. And Oracle of Seasons. Larry, I know you've been very highly of these two. Love those games. Those games for... I mean, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for for Game Boy was a great game. A great version of Zelda. But... The, and then they came out with uh, Link's Awakening DX for the Game Boy Color, which added an additional dungeon for the for the Game Boy Color. But Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages were two completely separate games that linked to each other ultimately. So if you wanted to get the full story of that series, you had to play through one and then input a code to carry over all your stats and play through the other. And the mechanics of the time travel and the changing of the seasons and how it all worked on that, on that Game Boy screen was... Fantastic, and thanks to modern day technology, I own Seasons, the original cart, and I was able to download Ages on the 3DS, and they'll still port over. So, of course, I'm in the process of still trying to beat Seasons, but um, of course, two great games. If you can download, download them on, (laughs) download them on the 3DS if you can. Two phenomenal, phenomenal Zelda games. Uh, I agree with all of that, except for the fact that Larry is still stuck on playing them. It falls into the <laughs> Castlevania 2 category. Yeah, I really don't complete too many games. Uh, 2001, uh, staying in that year, Crazy Taxi for PlayStation oh. 2. Oh, okay. Remember that one? Yes. Yes. Great. Ah, oh, look. Oh, acknowledgement. Josh, Josh heard of one. Because <laughs> I, 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 I hit the 21st 98. century. Triple Play 98 I was cool. Triple Play 98. <laughs> all right, good. You, you, you were you were relatively quiet until we got to the 21st century, so I was concerned. Y two K silenced me. Yes. Uh, 2002 on Xbox, we got Hunter: The Reckoning, which I remember oh, enjoying. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Spy Hunter on Game Boy Advance. Uh, Muppet Pinball Mayhem on Game Boy Advance. Okay. <laughs> Never played. No. Um, and jumping to 2003, Enter the Matrix on GameCube, Xbox, PS2. I had it on GameCube. and I, I had it on PS2, I think. It was weird. I liked it in the beginning, but then it got... I don't know. Then I just kind of fell out of it. It was weird. That's because it was a Matrix movie and... Or a Matrix <laughs> video, video game, and the Matrix movies started off really solid, and then they faded in quality. <laughs> well, it was nice of them to carry that experience over into a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping over to 2004... Uh, on Windows, two games in, uh, on PC, we got True Crime Streets of L.A. Oh. and uh, No Action Jackson. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that game. I don't, but the name is awesome. <laughs> uh, and on P- uh, PS2 in Japan, they got Grand Theft Auto Vice City that year. Ooh, good for them. Uh, 2005 on PlayStation 2 gets uh, – th- this is uh, – you know how I always pick a game that has a weird title? Yep. Uh, just for the sake of it. Okay, so this is the weird title of the week. Uh, maybe that's its own little section that we had, a little segment. Weird title of the week. Um, thank you. Uh, PlayStation 2. Um, Finny the Fish and the Seven Waters. 
what game is it probably ripping off? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> Moving on. sounds familiar. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to we're gonna close out this week in gaming in 2006. We got the Da Vinci Code on Xbox and PS2, which was based off the film. And uh, X-Men, the official game on GameCube, Xbox, PS2, and Game Boy Advance. All right. And that is this week in gaming. There you have it. Sweet. All right, good stuff. Well, another another week here down, and uh, well, another week for retro gamers. But we're all not done. Um, as this Friday, now we are going to head to the land of victims and villains with Josh, and we're gonna get over there, start talking some stuff, and uh, just follow us along, folks. You know, download the retro gamers, subscribe to us, download victims and villains, subscribe to them. And uh, Josh, have any parting words from us before we see you on Friday? Uh, yeah, so I'd probably say the same thing we say anytime we do a crossover or a guest appearance on any show is that if you guys have listened to this episode and uh, you are currently masking pain or uh, suicidal, depressed, whatever have you, addicted, let just let know that hope is real. It's not just a, a concept that a writer put into a movie or a director put into a video game, it's actually something that can be within your grasp. And if you guys are struggling with that, uh, you guys can either hit us up on our Facebook, facebook.com slash victims and villains, or go to victimsandvillains.net slash contact. Or you guys can call anonymously to 1-800-273-8255. Or you guys can also text seven four one seven four one and uh get the help you guys can do and our goal behind doing all everything podcasting is we love doing stuff with larry and anthony but the goal behind it and the heart behind it is really to see genuine breakthrough and have people walk away from suicide depression because it's too big of an issue right now needs to it just needs to be done with and that's why we're here that's it. It's a wonderful, well said. wonderful mission that you're on, and good luck, definitely. And uh, we're going to see you shortly. Um, and, hey, uh, real quick, I know it's a little bit of a, off topic, but it already happened over the weekend. Uh, Ant, how was, uh, how was the, um, the, uh, the festival there for you? Oh, the film festival went really, really well. Um, we had a very positive response from the show based on the, uh, based on the audience that showed up. We actually had a lot of... Uh, uh, the majority of the audience was actually Inside Guy supporters, which was really nice. Good. So thank you to, thank you to uh, everybody who came out to see it, um, and uh, you know hopefully just onward and upward from there. Excellent, good, good stuff. And um, with me, you can also check me out on the Pro Slam World podcast. And uh, there's actually going to be a wrestling show coming up in Rahway, not Rahway, in New Jersey for Pro Wrestling Syndicate that uh, I'll be talking about more as the weeks go on. And uh, going to be incorporating some interviews as well. Going to get that part of it going. So check out the Pro Slam World podcast with Larry Mormon on iTunes. And with that, we're going to call it a week for the Retro Gamers. We're going to see you all Friday. Josh, we're going to see you Friday. And um, we're going to call it. So everyone have a good weekend. And happy belated Mother's Day to every mother out there. See you later.
Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.